Hello, this is Aaron Saft with the MR Running Pains Podcast. I have a good friend and uh, strength coach, endurance coach. She coaches cyclists and runners and um, all sorts of folks to crazy distances, ride across America and uh, just some amazing events. Um, her name is Kelly Moylan. She works with Moylan Training. I'll have her information in the show notes. Uh, we are going to talk strength training today. Um, talk about some some myths and some truths and some um, simple ways to get it, it done. You know, um, it doesn't have to be a lot of stuff as as Kelly talks about. So, um, I just hope you really take something away from this conversation and it, it motivates you to to add a little bit of strength training to your program because it can help you running. So, here is my interview with Kelly Moylan. All Got right. It. As I said in the introduction, I am here with Kelly Moylan. That's Coach Kelly Moylan. <laughs> uh, Kelly, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing Thanks quite well. Thanks for having well. me on. <laughs> I'm happy to have you here. Uh, it's I don't know why it's it's taking me so long to think about having you on, but I'm I'm glad we're here. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so uh, Kelly and I have a history. Kelly was my strength coach. Um, and, um, Kelly, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Hi, hey everybody. I've got a background of, um, endurance sports starting with cycling in my twenties. And then, uh, that spread into triathlons for me, which, um, eventually led me to mountain biking, which is where I fell in love with really a sport that I stayed with and put a lot of time and effort into. I did the uh, four years of the Norba circuit around the country. Uh, when that, when they had the Norba was national off-road bicycle association. It's just all USA cycling now. And I did that. I raced all around the country for four years and then did cyclocross and eventually started getting more just into running for time reasons and um started doing marathons actually when i was in my 40s and i haven't done a lot of marathons but i've done some and then i went into doing some ultra running and while all this time i would lift weights and through the i've been lifting weights since i was 17 so through the years i was taught so many different methodologies with weightlifting there's a lot of information out there with weightlifting and i was introduced to the sport of um, Olympic style weightlifting, which is a clean and jerk and snatch in 2005. And I dabbled around in that for a while and then eventually got to the point where I hired a coach four years ago and started actually, I dropped all the endurance stuff and learned, wanted to learn just about weightlifting as a sport. And I've been doing it ever since because I just fell in love with the sport and um, a little older now. So I, I wanted to focus on not getting slower, but getting faster, which is what brings me here. Very good. Kind of a nutshell where, where my, how I kind of got to this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you do coach endurance athletes. Um, and, uh, you know, as I said, you coach strength training as well. Is that correct? That is correct. Strength training um, for endurance athletes is something I'm super passionate about because through the years with cycling, the, the, the thing that was said all the time was um, cycling is like mixing oil and water. And it's so untrue. It is if you do it improperly, but I've learned what's been really cool about learning uh, and having a coach teach me in weightlifting I've learned so much more than I thought that I knew, but I did not know. And it 
it really dialed me back a little bit. And I've, um, instead of pushing for people to do clean and jerks and things, I've just dumbed it down a little bit, if you will, and made it so that it was something that um, an endurance athlete can actually get stronger with without a lot of time involved uh, and with a program that isn't going to confuse them. It's just a matter of, um, of committing to it and, and doing it. Right. And so, you know, let's, let's start there because a lot of people, um, they, they worry about, you know, the, the extra time it may take to do something. So, you know, for instance, runners, you know, they're, they're just happy to, to get their run in, but, um, and we'll talk about the benefits here in a bit, but what kind of time commitment are we talking about just to, you know, reap minimal benefits? What, what are we looking at per week? If I have a lot to say about this, but let's keep it simple. <laughs> um, if commitment is commitment, okay, and if if a if an endurance athlete and I I don't there is no such thing as specificity for runners or cyclists. It's not a specificity in strength unless you are a track athlete. Once you're an endurance athlete, you're an endurance athlete. Doesn't matter if you're a cyclist or a runner. Strength is strength, okay know that so time commitment if you put two hours two sessions a week and and i have a team of four guys that i that i just took on out of wisconsin to do the race across america and they're all lifting weights for me and it's you know it feels different to them but they're they're actually doing it and it makes me so happy so i i'm very aware of the fact these guys all have families they all burn the candle candle at both ends and I try to keep it so that it's as, as simple as possible. So I'm just going to keep it at three exercises, one session, and a few accessory works with accessory things being core, back, um, you know, single leg RDLs, think that type of thing. I call those accessories. Yes. So okay. maybe an hour twice a week, maybe an hour and a half twice a week. If you really want to try and focus on getting stronger. Right on. That's um, fair. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll talk about kind of, uh, how that, how that works too. Um, cause I, I you know, I imagine with, uh, with some of these, as you taught me form is essential. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about that too, but let's, uh, let's go back to, uh, the benefits. What, what type of benefits do we gain from, from strength training and you feel free to expound as much as you like. <laughs> so what I love, what I love are numbers first. Okay. I love numbers. I love it's hard in this area to do pace chart running because of the fact that we've got hills everywhere. Um, the, the power people that are using power now, it's kind of cool actually on running and it it's consistent and it actually, it, you know, there's nothing that, that is better than power. I always thought when I first, when I first heard about running and power, it didn't make sense to me, but I actually, I think from what I've seen so far that the power numbers are actually coming across pretty consistently I have not used it, so I can't go too far down that that path in, in conversation. But I like numbers, and strength gives you a measurable thing. And if you if you focus on your best set of three repetition front squats in a period of four weeks, and each week you add just enough because you always want to leave a little bit of room in the tank 
the whole the whole world of rep, the words rep max they just kind of resonate with people and it's like i can't do rep maxes you know it just means to failure to people but it doesn't mean that a rep max is your best set for today okay and it and it doesn't mean in a compromised fashion so if you have yourself a four week block and you do the same three exercises on day 1 and the same three exercises on day 2 and each time you lift you have a little you leave a little bit room in the tank you're going to adapt to that and on the fourth week you can give it your best shot now you've got a number you can change it we can change it up a little bit the the, ne- the following four weeks or just keep it the same so you keep working on i'll change it up in the way of a five rep or a three rep thing to see where they're at with the best of that and then i'll play i, I like to teach a little bit more movement than just the front squat so if the if the athlete is ready to learn how to do something like a pull where you're just kind of extending and, and a little bit like a deadlift, but you're putting a little bit more muscle into it and movement into it. You'll get a little bit more um, power benefit from that. So numbers are where it's at and measuring your strength. Strength is strength. If you're stronger in the gym, you're going to be stronger on a run. Right. Which in turn will help with, with uh, recovery too. Does it not? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. Um, so, you know, you, you talked about just having, um, three basic exercises that you have your, your cyclists doing. Um, when we talk about strength training, what kind of equipment, um, are we talking about? Is this something that they need a gym for, or they could do at home? And if they do it at home, what, what does that look like? I really encourage people to get their own bar. Um, I've got a couple of kids I just started working with and I, you know, I really, you can get a 10 kilogram bar or a 15 kilogram bar. And a couple of plates. Let me show you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, cross the rogue, rogue's really gotten it so that you can they've made stuff more affordable. This is just a 2.5 kilogram plate. And this and a bar, you you can do so much with it. And then you can just get small fractional plates to add weight to that. Um, if you're you know, if you're a stronger athlete, you're gonna need a little bit more than that, but it's a good starting point because I don't strength training to me is about movement first. It's movement first strength. Second, it doesn't do you any good to do a deadlift with the wrong type of movement. So I teach movement and I tell people that I want you to move properly. And when I can, you know, the guys are always like, why, why is this so important to me? And, doing a snatch grip deadlift. I'm like, because you're going to, you're going to move differently. You're going to, you're going to learn to push the floor away from you. And you're going to learn to have a strength that gives you more strength at the bottom of a front squat or the top of a deadlift so that you're getting hip extension and full range, uh, full range of motion in a front squat, which will ultimately really help you in climbing in the, on the run. Is this something that could be replicated with like a, a kettlebell, that, that type of movement? If- yeah, the kettlebell, the kettlebell's fine. It's just that you're going to be limited to how much you can hold here. And here's the thing. Here, the things that I see, that I typically see is don't get caught up in doing the same thing all the time. I mean, you're going to, you're not really going to get stronger doing that. You'll get better, but I'd like to, I'd like to take an athlete to the point that they're actually doing stronger. I, I could change somebody's life doing that. You know, their whole, their whole outlook's going to change. So the kettlebell is okay if you can't get into a front 
a front squat position because you don't have the range of motion in your shoulders or your wrists. But I would encourage an athlete to um, to learn how to do a front squat. Start with a kettlebell, but you know you you can front squat a lot more than you're going to end up 50 pound kettlebells hard to hold. Yes. You know what I mean? So you got to, you got to first, you got to pick it up and you got to get it in your arms. So it's, you're limited a little bit by that. Sure. And, um, and when you mean, don't always do the, when you say that, don't always do the same thing. Um, are you referring to don't always do like a front squat and no, don't always do like if all you have is a 25 pound kettlebell and you do front squats, it's better than nothing. Sure. But if you want to make gains, Make gains by more weight. More weight. Oh, okay. Good movement. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So same movement, more weight is what you're. Yes. Saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ultimately, gotcha. over okay. over time. Okay. Yeah. And um, you know, the folks that that can't see Kelly, she when she had the plate, she had a Rogue Fitness um, plate that goes on the bar. Um, I'll put those in the, the show notes so that, um, okay. folks, yeah, cause it, the audio people won't be able to, <laughs> to see that. Um, sorry, <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Just, you know, gotta remember, uh, you know, some people are listening audio, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, okay. So you referenced earlier an endurance athlete is, uh, you know, it doesn't matter which discipline being cycling um or running and that you know that and that holds true within running as well so so far as like let's say like you know a marathon or sub marathon or versus a ultra marathoner um are they they're working the same way absolutely yeah okay flat or hills yeah okay um and yeah flat or hills that's that was my next question um so um and you know obviously we're working on power um do you ever bring anything in like plyometrically um, maybe med balls or anything like that? Um, I don't, here's the thing, you know, with the endurance athletes, the other thing is they, they want to turn everything into an endurance event. <laughs> so I have to typically have to slow down the front squats. Cause they're like one, two, three, four, five. And I'm like, just do one at a time. So I try to keep it just with strength. If somebody has time and they want to do med balls, um, that would be an accessory thing or a warm up thing, most likely with me. Um, you go back to the time crunch thing and what's the most effective thing? And I'm going to put you on a front squat, a deadlift, and a push press, assuming uh, I've got a healthy individual. Right. So repeat that again front squat, front squat, push press deadlift deadlift keep it simple right um can you um can you explain a little bit out of you know you you, you selected those three and you're saying you're gonna get the most bang for your buck out of those can you explain what it is that you know we're getting the most out of those what what are we activating and you know what's getting worked and why those three Front, front squat is uh, front side. So you're going to get more quadriceps on that. I like a full range of motion. I try to get a full range of motion. I try to see, make sure the athlete's got neutral spine and can, can squat all the way down, all the way down. And without compromise, without compromise to the back, which is typically where the compromise happens on a squat. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, if somebody's got something going on with their hip, they might turn in or out a little bit, but that's usually the, um, 
that's that is usually the, the the main thing making sure their spine is is right and that they're not um they're not leaning forward from from the bottom once they start standing up but one of the things that you'll find when you do a front squat full range of motion and you can do it let's say you can do it is you you're going to work you end up working part of your quadriceps upper part towards the hips like you've never felt before it will make you much stronger on your climb especially on the climbs that's that's where ultra runners i'll take i'll take um if i had an athlete who gave me the choice of doing climb intervals or strength training i would push them into strength training drop the climbing repeats drop the climbing repeats do your strength training because here's my problem my reason with that aerobically you're going to go up a hill you're going to run up a hill and you're going to be limited by your aerobic capacity okay in the gym you're working on strength strength is strength so that strength carries over to a hill your aerobic capacity is going to be going to be what it's going to be and you can you can work that end of your aerobic engine on the flats effectively way more effectively with leg work with leg speed and you add strength training to that you're going to you're going to see yourself going up a hill faster my very last 25 mile run was that that happened for me nice so. and, and the push press push press is just a good um it's a it's just a good shoulder exercise it gives you once you get it overhead you're going to brace tight it's a good shoulder core and it's really a it's a drive from the legs everything everything is about movement and everything is about being driven from the legs it's just another piece of body awareness as well um the runners are just they're so sagittal plane boom you know everything is one direction that's why they end up getting injured a lot so uh this this just takes them into a different place of get strong. Don't worry about getting big, just get strong. And when you have a stronger upper body and you're an ultra runner, you're going to do better. Right. You'll do better. And then the deadlift. The deadlift is backside. So hamstrings, glutes, that's all you guys hear when you go to a PT, strengthen your glutes, strengthen your glutes, the, the deadlift. Um, so what I do with that, I've got blocks in my gym. So I sometimes I need to raise the floor for people because they're too long. They, they're longer or they're taller people. Don't go all the way down on a deadlift or they're maybe a little shy because they've had a back injury. So when I have somebody who's got a little bit of fear in them, I make it so that the floor is much closer to them so they can actually just learn the movement. It's a hip hinge movement with a little bit of bend in the knee. And here's where I really teach about movement because this is a place where people make a lot of mistakes. So good posterior chain exercise. And, and, you, know, you, you speak how form is essential. Can you, um, you know, kind of go over how that works, especially if the, the client is, you know, like you said, your, your team is out of state. How does that work? I have, um, I have a bunch of people actually, I have a private Facebook group where people, I, I write programs out. I'll write a four week program out for them and they will video themselves and upload it into, into this private group. And then I review all of their, all of their lifts and I help them with that. I also, along with them, when I'm teaching them a new movement, I'll do a live zoom call and anybody that wants to join and wants to lift with me, they lift with me. Nice. That's kind of fun. Actually, the yeah. pandemic did that for me. <laughs> 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 yep. Yep. It's changed a lot. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned how, you know, the, um, the session would take about an hour. So, um, 
you know, with, with three exercises here, and then you said some, some ancillary, you know, perhaps core exercises and such. Um, let's talk about, you know, reps and, um, rest. Cause you know, like, like you said, endurance learners like to make everything an endurance activity and just bang, 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 which <laughs> in, in, you know, in lifting the, the recovery is, is super important as well so that you can maintain form and, and, you know, and keep, um, and keep lifting and, and lift properly. So, um, how does that work? You mean between sets? Yeah, exactly. So like you, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, in your reps, you, you focus on the rep you're in, do it properly, and then, you know, go to the next rep. So you're, you're moving, um, with purpose, we should say, right. Um, yes. but then after you're done with the set, what does the rest look like? What, what should recovery look like? So once what, what we do is, um, and here's, we do like a, well, if we're, if somebody walks in here and they do, um, that we're going to do a workout, I'm, I'm going to start them off with some, uh, I have uh, these bands I use are called crossover symmetry bands. And I do a lot of shoulder stuff with them to make sure that they're just warmed up with that. Then we'll warm up slowly to their sets. Their sets are, if I'll write it as heavy. Um, so if they start with a 15 kilogram bar and they can go, they know that if I know they can go to, let's say 35 kilograms or 70 pounds, um, I'll start them with, you know, the, the 15 kilogram bar, 33 kilogram bar, and then I'll add five kilograms. I'll work my way up to that point with sets. Let's say we're striving for five. Five is my maximum repetitions in any it, there, there's an occasion where I'll have somebody do more than five reps on a squat. It's, it's going to be during the off season though, um, where they're, we're trying to really build on some volume on, in the gym, but typically what they're going to see is five rep max uh, for reps. Okay. I'll do three and five reps. So let's say we're going for a best out of five uh, and we're on week four. They would warm up to that set with maybe start off with five reps and then we'll just drop it to three. And then when we finally get to the, where we're actually doing our sets, we're going to do three sets of five at 35 kilograms with maybe two minutes between each set leading up to it. It depends on how heavy it is for you. At least a minute, minute, two minutes. Very good. And you know, what percent of your max are you usually prescribing? So, you know, in other words, like when we're running, you know, a vast majority of our our runs are going to be kind of that conversational that like, you know, zone two to three in a heart rate. But, um, what are we talking about here for, you know, for, for weight, you know, so you're, what percent are we warming up at? What percent are we, you know, trying to work up to, to, to get to those, um, three sets of five. Well, we don't, I, I don't do that. I don't do percentages. Um, I, I, I let an athlete, um, decide and I'll look you know, I've, I've had, I have, I have like five really big guys that I'm working with right now via um, the group on my Facebook group. And, and some of them really like to push hard. So I'm like, you know, don't, it's, I really stress that it's about movement. It's not about weight. So give me your best set with good movement. So it's really that I don't do percentages until I know what their best set of three is. Then, and if I'm in season, if they're, if they're uh, in a recovery week on their running program, and it's, and they're lead, getting towards an event, I would probably have them do 85% of their, of their, where the, their best set for a couple of sets going into that. And then a week before their event, I would, I'd have them take it off, take off lifting a week before. Right on. Yeah. So, yeah. so there is kind of a periodization 
for for listening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just it just it starts out so vague because of the fact that somebody comes to me new and hasn't lifted before. And it's just let's let me see what let me see what they're doing. I know when somebody's getting ready to completely lose form, as you say, but I'm, I'm looking for good movement. Once they start doing things wrong, I'm going to pull them. Just say, let's do three more sets here and try to keep your chest up or whatever it is, whatever cue I need to use for them. So that's kind of how I guide that. Yeah. Um, and um, let's see. Um, what happens, uh, you know, if, if an athlete is, um, if they're feeling a little too um, tired, you know, like they, if, you know, an athlete, is uh is you know they're in full training but they're they're lifting as well um you know if they're feeling too lethargic from from both you know should they pull back from both or should they pull back just from the strength training a little bit so far as like you know how much weight they're doing how do you adjust um, something like that i when it, when an athlete it comes to me with fatigue my first question is what are you what are you eating and how much because it's usually it's usually that and then how much how well are you sleeping those, those two things are super important. Um, it's not necessarily the training they're doing or not doing. It's, it's that. If I feel like they're overtraining in their sport, I see that all of the time. I, I end up going midline sometimes on people just because they're, they're running so much. And it's like, let's just stay with your strength training. You know, I would rather, I'd rather see an athlete um, back off on, on uh, I'll ask how much mileage they're doing. And if they've got a lot of mileage going on and they're acting really, they're feeling really lethargic from the training and, and we identify that, I would probably have them. This is a really hard thing because I'm usually working against another coach with that. And they want them, they want their athlete this much volume, but their athletes really, and it gets blamed on strength training. So, you know, we're, we butt heads a little bit with that. But I think, um, I really think it should be something it's something that should be looked at if if an athlete is feeling tired how much training are they doing and if they backed off maybe one day even on their on their uh running and kept their strength training in there they might find that it feels better it's so many different situations with that though it's hard to say sure sure um you know uh, one of the kind of the um I guess, uh, different ways of training, uh, from, from what you're explaining is, is hit training. Um, I see a lot of athletes that still like to do high intensity, um, interval training with, with strength training. Um, does that fit in at all with endurance running or cycling? I'm so glad you asked that question. I have uh, one of the guys from the Wisconsin team that I'm training for race across America guys um, did. He, he's a triathlete. He did all he's done like seven half Ironmans and three full Ironmans, something like that, a bunch of stuff. And he did all hit training with it. He didn't do any interval training. I had, it was, it was a gift to me to see his files so I looked at his power files and he's, he was a good, he's a good rider, but I had to break the news to him. I said, you, um, you're going to need to put this away because, and I asked him to wear a heart rate monitor for his hit training. Cause oftentimes 
it's high intensity training. So there's high intensity training and there's metabolic training. Is it really different? I don't really know. Um, it's supposed to be metabolic training is with more like strength training involvement. Okay. Hit training is more throwing the balls and all kinds of different stuff, rope and everything. You, if a person is doing that and running and it's going well, I would let them, I'd say, go for it. But if, if you want to get better, be specific about your sport, be specific, your intervals, your running intervals, and you know, this, um, your running intervals need to be a certain place and they need to be with quality. But if you, you throw, um, you throw a running interval down on one day and then a hit training on another day and then another running, you're going to, you're going to wear them out pretty quickly. <laughs> so for an average person, that stuff came around, the hit training came around, CrossFit came around from people that were actually couch potatoes. They, they, I was living in Santa Cruz when that it first emerged and it was a couple out there and it's, it's just turned into this big thing now. And it's, it's, it's been fantastic because CrossFit brought weightlifting alive. You know, they had to shut down the entries into the world's um, three years ago in Spain because there were so many women. It was, it was in history, more women than men in the weightlifting competition in the, at world's masters in Spain. It was pretty cool, actually. So hit training, I, I would steer away from it if you want to be specific to your sport. I'll leave it there. Don't that's, want to bash anyone, though. No, You're doing a good thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, the other uh, piece that um, kind of pops up from, from time and again is, is functional movement. Um, you know, and, and should we be doing things that are, are more functional, which, you know, some, some of the lifting that you've suggested here is, is, is functional movement. Would you say it's not? Oh man, there's nothing more functional than a squat. <laughs> you, if you can teach a 99 year old squat, you're going to do a big favor. They don't need any weight. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely functional. Yeah. And, um, it also, I would imagine that, you know, these movements add to mobility. Can you touch on mobility for a bit? I just had a podcast um, with Miriam about mobility, but can you touch on how this can? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're strong in a squat and you're strong in a push press and you can learn how to deadlift properly, you're going to find yourself moving everywhere better. Um, from you know, I'll go into, uh, I'll, I'm going to touch on uh, children for this, uh, actually, because kids, kids don't know how to move. They just move, you know, they're all wiry and they, they're, they don't, they don't have, their joints aren't fully developed. They just, they just move. So bringing a kid into the gym and teaching them how to snatch is probably one of the best things you can do for your kid because it's movement. And it's functional movement, you know? So that's, um, the mobility is, is everything. And that the, the weightlifters stretch more than any athlete that I've ever known. So uh, as a runner, I wasn't, I wasn't good about stretching, but every time I go into somebody else's gym, everybody's stretching. So I sit on the floor and I stretch before and after a workout. So that helps. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, you know, most of us are, uh, we're, we're awful at the, uh, the stretching part of it, but, um, does, uh, you know, does the weightlifting in this manner, does it, um, um, 
I don't want to say, does it replace stretching or, you know, can it, it, it supplement it, I guess. I think, um, you know, active range of motion is, is just that, you know, it's just stretching. I do, I'll do, um, I'll do activation as well as stretching. So they're two different things. So activation being, uh, if I just want to do some activation on my glutes, I'll put a band around my knee and uh, kneel on the floor and I'll just, just do like a pelvic tilt, which will activate my glutes really well. And also give me a little stretch in my hip flexors one leg at a time. So that kind of, that's active stretching right there. Um, yeah, I really like that passive stretching. I'll do it just because it helps me. <laughs> it helps me. I'll do that. I, I do it as a warm up before I live sometimes. Okay. And, um, do you encourage, um, you know, your endurance athletes to lift before or after their primary activity? Um, usually it's after I've got one guy, um, his schedule's really tight. We talked, we had a long talk with him yesterday about his lifting and we're going to try lifting on the same day. He's doing intervals and he's doing some intense intervals right now. So I'm like, I don't, I'm not pushing you for this. Uh, I typically like, you know, like the, the riders are, are doing their intervals on Tuesday and they're doing strength, a strength day on Wednesday. Okay. Okay. So um, you can do it the same day. It, it, it just might kind of suck. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's everybody's so different with it. And um, it depends on what each athlete's really working on. Cause I, I mean, I've got one guy who, uh, who rides a, um, it's a, I forget what it's called. A unis elliptic, elliptic, elliptic elliptical up. cycle. Elliptic he's up. an elliptic biker. Yeah. He's out in Colorado. He's actually ridden 200 miles on that thing. I don't know how he can do it, but he's a big guy and he also likes to lift. So he's, just recently started doing the snatch and the clean and jerk for me. And he's doing great with both of them. So I just, he's somebody I'm going to cycle through and go, let's just work on these lifts and just ride easy for a while. Don't worry about hills or intervals or anything like that. So it kind of, that kind of cycles through as well, but typically the ride and the, and the, uh, or the run and the lifting, they can happen on the same day. Just make sure it's an easy run, but do it after the, uh, do the lifting after the run. Okay. Cause there's, there's, you know, multiple schools of thought as to when someone should lift. I mean, you know, I, I run seven days a week and you know, what day do I put the, the lifting on? That's mm -hmm. the, you know, that always becomes the conundrum. Do you put it to just make your hard days hard and have your lift after your interval session? Or do you want to be more rested so that you have better form in, you know, and do it on a, a normal run day um or do you just do it on a recovery day you know what what do you kind of prescribe for that i think i think it will be depend on again you know you're a different athlete than a lot of people out there too and you might be you know a short run for you might be six miles where that's a long run for somebody else so um you know if they've got a long run i i really don't want to tire their legs out before they go on a long run you know they're gonna yeah, they're gonna more likely trip they're gonna more likely just freaking not feel good, <laughs> you know? So it's just a, it's just a thing of, of, of an individual. You're not going to performance wise. I don't think you're going to change that much, whether you, if, if you're able to, and let's talk power on the bike. Okay. So if you're able to hit your, your intervals on the bike uh, and you've lifted the day before, well, that's fantastic. You're probably going to feel a lot better. If you, if you do your intervals the day before you do your, your, your uh, strengthening. So same would go with the runner. 
Okay. Same day or not, it's an individual thing. It's how it feels. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you, um, for, you know, for runners specifically, um, do you prescribe like drills of any sort? You know, um, I guess some people view, um, you know, sprinting and, um, bounding and like high skips kind of, you know, more of like a, a plyometric, um, drill. Do you feel that runners should be doing that sort of thing as well? Absolutely. I, I would say before every run, <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're a serious runner, it's, if you're doing any kind of speed work, um, definitely doing some bounding, skipping, that kind of warm up, knee ups, butt kicks, do some frontal plane stuff. Um, like I think sprints. that's really good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dynamic warm up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Right on. And what is, what is your typical, you know, you had mentioned uh, earlier, you know, that you, you typically have um, warm up prior to the lifting. What does a, a typical warm up look like? What are, what are some things that people can do to warm up for lifting? Mm. I do. Um, again, you go to the activation. I, what I do with everyone that comes in here is I have crossover symmetry bands, which are weighted bands, basically that are really high quality bands. They're not just rubber bands. Um, and I have a series of shoulder exercises I do with them that we'll go through. We'll just do four sets of four each, and then we'll go through, there's eight different exercises. We do that. And then we do, uh, if they're, if they're going to do front squats, start with the front squats. It's just going to, the warm up is actually the bar. Okay. Um, I have a young kid that comes in, uh, I'll throw on the wrong machine, five minutes. It's, there's no need to do more endurance in here. I do all of my warm up within the set of whatever it is that we're doing with lightweight. And is there a, a cool down phase as well? Cool down would be, um, stretching. Yeah. If I can keep them that long, I will do that. It's, it's success rework, which really gets them sweating a little bit more. And then, um, just, just some stretching would be a good cool down. Anything else we should touch on is did I miss anything that I think, um, I love your questions. I think, um, it's just, it's a fear-based place with a lot of endurance athletes. I, um, I have a guy, um, every, everyone is kind of backwards about it. I I've got, I get different people. I get a professional cyclist that'll roll through here every once in a while that has a schedule from their coach they want me to help with. And um, it's oftentimes just way too much. And a lot of times people are in this uh, weird idea of seasonal strength training. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, seasonal strength training. They come into me and they've got a whole lot of stuff to do. <laughs> And I'm, I'm baffled by it. I'm like, God, this would kill me to do this. I, um, I'm a weightlifter. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm adapted to lifting, but I would never want that schedule. Sometimes I, uh, I think seasonals every going through a period of 12 to 16 weeks out of a year for strength training does not make sense. Try to make your strength training a year round activity, make it part of a training plan. Even if, you do the same thing all the time. Um, you know, um, there are, a, a, there's so much information out, out there. Try to keep it simple and stay consistent with your strength training, find a way or somebody to help you with, um, how to do a front squat, how to do a deadlift, how to do a push press properly. 
learn how to do a, a hip hinge. There's some things that are just essential, I think. And this should be considered essential year round, not seasonal. Right on. It's like eating well for 12 weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> it helps you while you're doing it. Yep. <laughs> but not thereafter. <laughs> Doesn't do anything for you a year later if you yeah. start eating donuts all day. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Um, Kelly, how can people find you and reach out to you? Oh, um, I've got a website, morethantraining.com. It needs to be updated. I, you text me, email me, shoot me a question. I'm, I'm always available. I'm always around. I, I'm happy to help anybody that needs help. I, um, or if you just have a question out there, just, you know, just get started with it. And that, that might be the biggest thing. How, do, how does somebody get started? It's just a matter of, of stepping into the gym and starting, start with the bar. You know, if you, if you're kind of afraid of it, just start with the bar, try those three things just with the bar, see what I'm talking about. And then um, ease your way into it a little bit. Don't, don't go crazy on these high rep 10, 10 squats at a time. There's just no need for that or super heavy on the other end. <laughs> One rep maxes aren't really necessary for, for runners. Thank you. Great, great advice there. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> I appreciate you, Kelly. And thank you for your, your time today. Thank you so much, Aaron. It's great seeing you. You too, ma'am. Well, thank you, Kelly, for sharing all of that. Um, love how simple she made it for us, you know, saying this is really all you need to do. Uh, but you have to do it properly. So um, if you don't know how to do it, it's best just to get some um, some advice, um, some um, some coaching, just to make sure you're doing it properly so you don't get hurt and that you get the, the full benefit of the exercise. So, um, don't hesitate to reach out to Kelly with questions again, um, moylandtraining.com. I'll have it in the show notes. You can reach out to her, but again, thank you, Kelly on to everything MR running pains related. Um, man, I've been cranking out the YouTube videos, um, each day kind of doing a trailing, you know, training video, just kind of, uh, going through some, some, uh, some musings that are <laughs> that are going through my head, um, you know, talking about. Um, most recently, uh, I, I met with my dietitian and kind of made a plan as to uh, you know what uh, what I should be doing um, so far as my uh, eating habits go, and really got a plan. So pretty excited about that. Um, Training is going pretty pretty well. Building back, feeling good. Um, on my way to Black Canyon 100K and uh, Bigfoot 200. So you can follow along there on my YouTube channel, Aaron Saft. Uh, like I said, every day I've been uploading a video. Check those out. Uh, I'm recording here on uh, November 17th. Um, actually, November 16th, excuse me. And um, today, uh, today's video, November 16th, which is day 23, um, I ran into some bears. Um, it was it was pretty cool. Thankfully, they just kept running, uh, but I caught them on video, uh, which was neat. I was kind of in the middle of filming, and the bears ran across. And uh, so, check that out. Uh, it was a, it was a cool surprise. Um, other things, uh, coaching. I do have some availability. Um, I have you know people have have wound up their seasons. They finished their goal races. And, um, you know, have, have moved on. So if you're looking for coaching for 2022, please reach out. 
let me know. Um, love to have a conversation with you and talk about what I do and how I do things. And if it sounds like uh, you know something you'd want to be a part of, I would love to love to have you on board. Um, you know, I've had a number of people reach out about Hellbender, which is awesome. Um, and speaking of which, we've got a great episode on the Hellbender podcast uh, releasing this weekend, November twentieth. Um, and that will be with uh, coaches uh, Patrick Reagan, um, Megan Canfield, and uh, Rachel Kelly. Uh, so the, the four of us have a chat um, on, on some basic ideas. And even if you're not doing Hellbender, it's still a great conversation to, uh, to kind of glean some, some wisdom from some great coaches. Um, and uh, Rachel Kelly and I are going to have a spinoff episode, so um, we're going to post to our social medias and ask if uh, any women have any specific questions they would like us to answer on a podcast. Um, so uh, Rachel is a, like I said, she's a coach as well. So we'll do our best to to go over things, um, and uh, and that's a, so that will be an upcoming episode. Uh, I'm not sure we'll be able to record before the Thanksgiving holiday, so it might be thereafter, but. Um, Again, if you uh, have any uh, female-related training questions, uh, you can reach out to one of us, uh, and uh, I'll put um, Rachel's contact in the uh, the show notes, um, or you know, post to our social media if you're comfortable with the question, or you can message, um, you know, private message us. Uh, my contact is on my website, mrrunningpains.com. So if you'd like to reach out, you can do so there. So awesome. Um, the shoe scholarship is still available. So if you or someone you know is in need of a pair of shoes um, and uh, you know financially they just don't have the money or you don't have the money, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to help out. Um, I'd like to thank Martin Thorne for coming on board. Um, Patreon, he uh, supported uh, with a monthly donation, which is super helpful in, uh, in this endeavor. And I really appreciate everybody doing that. Like I said, I'm, I'm really trying to create this this fund to help folks out uh, through Patreon. Um, so, you know, help me uh, help me help others is uh, is the message there. Um, you know, if you can you know, donate financially through Patreon, I really, you know, I sincerely appreciate that. If you can't, the just, you know, by sharing these episodes, um, leaving a review, um, any you know any of those things um liking the podcast all of that stuff it really does go a long way because it helps other people find it other people listen to it and perhaps they can support it so if if you can't you know support it financially not a big deal but if you could share it that way maybe we can you know help some other folks so thank you for that um and uh with uh with thanksgiving coming up um we are doing a, a group run um we have an annual tradition that I started uh, a few years back running in Turkey Pen on uh, Thanksgiving Day. So, um, you know, if, if you're interested in the area in Western North Carolina, uh, on Thanksgiving morning, 8 a.m., we'll be out at the, uh, the Turkey Pen Trailhead. Um, so I hope, I hope you can join us. Um, other things. Let's see. Um, my goodness. What else is going on? Um, well, you know, I think that's, uh, that's about it. Like I said, you know, I'm, um, just busy with the YouTube, but, um, I, you know, it's, it's been fun really kind of digging deep and, and assessing and, 
um, kind of getting things out. Um, I feel a lot better about where I'm at because I have a plan for, um, for kind of, you know, getting down to race weight healthy. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, you know, good time to be alive. (laughs) I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving as I'm sure many people are. And, um, I hope your training goes well. And like I said, if you need to have a conversation about coaching or know somebody that could be interested, please pass them along. I sincerely appreciate it. That's how, that's how I make my living as a coach. So thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, I, you know, next, uh, next episode will come out on Thanksgiving day. Uh, as I said, I'm not sure if I'll have Rachel on that episode or if we'll be doing something else, but whatever it is, uh, it'll be about running (laughs) and I hope everybody, uh, has a great week. Take care of yourselves, stay safe and keep running my friends.